Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Charge. And I know right now you're scratching your head going, wait, wow. what, 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 no, he, he just, he screwed that up. That can't be true. But yes, it was true. He was serving 15 years to life, a nonviolent first offense cocaine possession charge. And I read this story. And he happened to be the same age as I was at the time, 32 years old. And I just thought he had been in for eight years already. Same prison with son of, son of Sam. And I was like, this is the craziest. I never, I didn't understand. I didn't know anything about drug laws or mandatory sentencing or anything like that. I had my own substance abuse issues as a kid. And um, I decided to try to do something about it. And long story short, I only knew one criminal defense lawyer, a guy named Bob Kalina. He represented two of my artists, Stone Temple Pilots and Skid Row. And as you know, they were getting arrested like twice a week. Right. So I got Bob to take the case pro bono as a favor to me. And six months later, we ended up in a courtroom in Malone, New York, when the judge banged the gavel down and, uh, you know, basically dropped the charges. Wow. He lowered the charges and he sent the kid home. And I, I just thought that's the greatest feeling I've ever had. I'm going to do more of that. And that's how it started. That's amazing. And how many years oh. ago was that? That's got to be 20 years ago. Yeah, no, that was more. That was 1993 or four. I mean, I still had a mullet back then. That's right? <laughs> Didn't we all, Jason? Didn't you we had, all? <laughs> you had a mullet, and like, I mean, really, really big bands on your plate. So, were you at that point? Do you get torn between this whole prison getting guys out of jail stuff and the record business, or was it still just something that was way in the background at that point? No, no. I mean, it just was, you know, the, the, you know, there's a famous Winston Churchill quote, you make a living by what you get, you make a life by what you give. Mm. And so it just became part of my life. I, this was like, you know, and it, it, they actually work well together, strangely enough. Um, the artists, I think uh, a lot of them have, you know, more are more inclined maybe even to sign with me because I'm known as that guy who does these type of, you know, positive things. And then on the other side, I'm able to get meetings with certain people in positions of power because they're interested in meeting the guy that go home and tell their kid, that, hey, I just went to lunch with the guy who's like Katy Perry. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a strange double life that I lead. You know, yeah. I was on the Joe Rogan show recently. Yeah. And I told him, you know, I had this, had this crazy uh, moment last February because I started the week on Monday morning. I was visiting an innocent guy on death row in Texas named Rob Will. Wow. Um, and then I ended up on Sunday at the Grammys in L.A. and ended up with, with my son, Mike. And I was out there. We sat in the, we ended up sitting in the front row. And I went, what, what, what kind of a crazy week is this? I literally went from death row to the front row. That's my life, though. I mean, and, you know, I, uh, I feel very, uh, very, 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 very blessed to, to be able to, to do some, to do two things that I love. You know? So you've launched this podcast, Wrongful Conviction. And this thing is, you're like killing it at full speed now. And how does it tie into the Innocence Project? Well, so the Innocence Project, you know, I'm I'm a I'm the, been on the board of the Innocence Project since the mid '90s, right? So I was the, the, the original board member there. Um, I've been there ever since. This is not an Innocence Project podcast, right? Uh, I want to make that clear. You know, we've got over a hundred episodes now, and each week wow. we tell a story of someone who was wrongfully convicted, 
and spent decades in prison for crimes they didn't commit. Some of them are still in prison. Some of them are even on death row. And we're doing these, and we're putting these stories out there because we want to bring attention to these cases to educate people so they can either get involved in helping somebody get out or they can just be a better, you know, more informed citizen. Because let's face it, all, you know, the three of us, everyone who's listening, the engineer in the studio, every, all of us are going to get a jury duty one day. And we might end up on a criminal trial. And you might be holding somebody's life in your hand. Right. And if so, it's very important that people listen to wrongful convictions so they understand the type of dirty tricks that go on in these courtrooms. Right? I mean, we see George Floyd and we all get outraged and we should. But the fact is they're killing people in the courtrooms every day. They're killing them with these you know, just basically it says, we said on one of the podcasts, we have a podcast called Junk Science that we launched recently under the wrongful conviction brand. And in the first episode, the guy from the Innocence Project, Chris, Chris Fabricant, is interviewed, and he says the, the justice system is, a, is an effective eating and killing machine of mostly people, uh, poor people of color. And that's what it is. And so we need to, we need to wake up. We need, we need to recognize when we're serving on juries, that just because somebody's in, in a lab code and they're saying, I tested this, it doesn't make it true. Just because someone says, I saw this guy do this, doesn't make it true. Just because somebody confessed to a crime, doesn't make it true. 27% of the people who were wrongfully convicted and proven innocent with DNA confessed to the crimes they didn't commit. Right, and that's oh, one wow. thing, that, and that's something that I have a really, a really number. difficult time wrapping my head around. When Marty Tancliffe was released uh, on Long Island, we went back and forth about trying to set up an interview and he was really cautious about it and we ended up not doing it. But I always went, the one thing that would stick with me, I always felt like I've read as much as I possibly could on that whole thing. And I always felt like he was innocent. But I would always go back to like, if I'm innocent, would I ever admit to something I didn't do? That would always be my sticking point with that. Well, th th listen, I'm glad you said that. First of all, Marty is a dear friend of mine. He's mm. a personal hero uh, to me and so many other people. He had 15 appeals that were denied. And every time he kept coming back with a great attitude and everything else. But moreover, they knew all along who really did it. You know, they knew who, it was the dad's business partner. They knew, I mean, but they didn't want that guy, right? Because for reasons that are, you can you can read more about the case, or you can listen to him on my podcast. You go pull up his episode on my podcast, you'll hear about it. But the fact, unwrongful conviction. But here's the thing about false confessions that everyone needs to understand, okay? First of all, in America, the cops are allowed to lie to you in the interrogation room. So they get you in there and they go, listen. I mean, first of all, they keep you in there for hours and hours and hours. They okay. deprive you of sleep. They deprive you of food. You have nobody with you. You have no adult, no parent, no lawyer, no nothing. Because people waive their Miranda rights, which, by the way, don't waive your Miranda rights. 85% hmm. of people waive their Miranda rights. And if they're innocent, it's higher. Because you go in there, you go, I'm just going to tell the truth. I respect the police. They're going to listen to me. I'm going to tell them I'm going to try to help if I can, and then we'll right. go home. So you waive your Miranda rights. You go in there. Now you're in this room. They might keep it freezing cold in there. Right. And then they, you, you, they have a whole thing, a whole technique that's designed to elicit confessions, false or true. And they sit, one guy sits very close to you with his knees rubbing up against you. The other guy goes in and out of the room. It's almost like a scripted play. Yeah. It's psychological torture. They might threaten you with violence. Right. And the other guy might come in the room and say, listen, that other guy's crazy. He's in the bathroom now, but I'm telling you, like, I can't control them. He does crazy. This guy does crazy. And then they go, listen. 
By the way, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I know you say you're innocent. We got your fingerprints on the murder weapon. We got a witness who saw you do it. We took your uh, shirt, but we just tested it. It's got blood on it. And none of this is true, right? But they're allowed to lie. Not in other countries, but in America. They're allowed to say that they have your fingerprints on a murder weapon when they don't? Yep. They can lie all they want. What's the point of keeping that a legal tactic? Is the point just to get you to start talking? Well, the the only reason it's allowed, I think, is because politicians don't have the courage to change it. Because there's no reason Hmm. it should be allowed. It doesn't make any freaking sense. But it is allowed, and it happens all the time. And, And ultimately, you become so confused. We've had people confess to crimes and then end up believing that they did it, even though they didn't do it. Oh, That's boy. how crazy this psychological torture can be. And by the way, sometimes they interrogate you for 15 hours, 20 hours, like the Central Park Five, right? They interrogated those kids. They were 13, 14, 15 years old, interrogated them for, they didn't sleep for two days. And finally, they'll say to you, listen, kid, first of all, I don't want to see you get hurt. This guy coming in, he already slapped you around a little bit. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do to you, but it's not going to be good. And plus, nobody's going to believe you did this. And this is a good cop, bad cop thing, right? Right. No one's going to believe you did this. You're just a kid. A, a brutal murder like this, stabbing and beating and that, or, or a, a rape or whatever, no one's going to believe you did this. So the best thing to do is sign this piece of paper, and tomorrow we'll get it all sorted out. You can go home tonight. You'll sleep in your own bed. You know, We'll send you home to your mother, whatever it is. Meanwhile, you go straight to prison, and they'll never see you again. And the jury, just like you guys, the jury cannot understand because nobody thinks they would confess to a crime they didn't commit. Now, check this out. The most common false confessions, false confessors, are, are adolescents, right? Anybody 25 and under is still an adolescent okay. brain. Right. And people, people in the military, right? Because people in the military, strangely enough, are used to obeying orders. So you'd think the military guy would be strong. And then among people with mental disabilities, 81% of the convictions of people with false convictions of people with mental disabilities are people who confess to the crimes they didn't commit. And look at Jeffrey Deskovic, right? Jeffrey Deskovic is a Westchester case. Jeffrey was convicted of raping and murdering a girl in his school, 15-year-old girl. He was 16 at the time. He had he was he was not uh, mentally, you know, he was he had some challenges. Let's just say. Uh, now he's, he's you know now he's an attorney. He's really doing amazing stuff now. But but he was taken 40 minutes away, interrogated for nine hours. He was laying on the floor crying in a fetal position by the end. They threatened him with violence, big linebacker-looking cop. And they told him exactly that. They said, you just you just sign this piece of paper tomorrow. We'll sort it all out. You're going to go home tonight, you know. And then he did 16 years in prison. And and by the way, at his trial, his lawyer presented the DNA evidence that proved that he could not have killed that girl. It was absolutely impossible that he could have done it. Mm. The jury believed his false confession instead of the science. And ultimately, it was only after the murderer killed another girl and then confessed to both of them that his case was reopened and he was finally freed from a life sentence. And that was with DNA life. evidence that cleared him? Yeah. I mean, and, and the craziest thing about that was because he presented DNA evidence, and he's also been on my podcast, again, wrongful conviction. I'm going to put in a plug. And if people <laughs> want to follow me, I talk about these cases all the time. I'm at It's Jason Flom. That's at I-T-S-J-A-S-O-N-F-L-O-M. Um, but yeah, in Jeffrey's case, it's one of the only ones I've ever heard of like that, where the lawyer was a very competent lawyer, apparently, and presented the DNA evidence that proved he did not kill this, rape or kill this girl. Um, and, um, 
it didn't matter because juries can't understand. That's why we have a podcast called False Confessions. And as part of our wrongful conviction podcast feed, you'll hear false confessions. You'll hear these stories of people who confess the crimes they didn't commit Mm. because they saw no other way out. And um, it's uh, it's really a terrifying thing. But we need to educate people so they know that, you know, all I would say to you, if you're in a jury and there's a false confession, you've got to look at what's the other evidence. If there's no other evidence, you can't convict. It's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. So if all you have is a false confession but nothing else matches, you got to wonder, well, what really happened inside that interrogation room? Right. And then you got you to – and the benefit of the doubt belongs to the defendant, but they don't get it. Don't forget, 80% of judges used to be prosecutors. 80, over 80% of people automatically think if they see somebody in the defendant's table or in the, you know, a box or whatever it is, they automatically think that person must be guilty of something because they're wild what they be there. Because we all grow up believing, like I did, like you probably did, that the system works, right? That everybody's out to do good. All these people in positions of power, whether they're wearing a uniform or a right. suit or whatever, right. or a lab coat, you know? I mean, and, and, on, and on this podcast we have out now, Junk Science. I mean, you got to hear, this one we put out this week actually gave me the chills. Junk Science this week, there's an episode about boot print evidence. Boot print evidence, where this guy was sent to death row in Ohio because an ex, a, 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 a anthropologist got up on the stand and said, I could tell from the mud near where the body was found, and then I examined the guy's boots, and I looked inside the boot, and I can tell from the inside of boots that this boot must be the boot that made the impression in the mud. They didn't find the boot at the crime scene. There was no evidence connecting this guy. Oh, boy. He was convicted because this moron, who was a professor of anthropology, got up and said that it was, I mean, it's so, and they convinced three judges of this, if you can imagine. But it's also because, like a lot of cases, it was a small town. There was a huge amount of press, just like Marty Tankless. And the guy, the guy had been convicted in the media, and it was almost impossible to find not only an impartial jury, but even an impartial judge. They already had read so much about this case. They thought, oh, it must have been this guy that did it. It wasn't him. Wow. Jason, with, your, with everything you've uh, seen in all the research you have, do you have a feel for how, what percentage of people uh, in prison are, are in there wrongfully? Is there any way to even figure that out or have a gut feeling for it? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, wrongful conviction day is October 2nd, and I'll be putting out a uh, press release. The, the, the experts that have analyzed this believe that between 4 and 10% of people in prison are innocent. You know, some people maybe it's say, a large well, number. Sound too... Let's take a mid-case scenario. Let's say it's... Well, let's take a low scenario. Let's say it's 5%. Right, right. Of people are innocent. I think it's much higher. There's over 2 million people in prison in America. Mm, that was my next that question. That means there's over 100,000 innocent people right now while we're sitting here having a coffee, talking on the radio, whatever, that are sitting in prison for some. I'm sure there's people listening who have a loved one that's probably, in, you know, in prison for something they didn't do. I mean, you got enough people listening here. The odds are in, right. you know, the odds are, are, are probably that somebody either has a, a relative or somebody else that uh, that they know. Right. Because the system, it, it's too, it just doesn't, it doesn't um, function like we want it to and it's because we lock too many people up and so like i said it just becomes an, a, an eating and killing machine yeah. of, of people you know of most right. poor people of color i mean that's that's just what it is it's more it's more like processing you know it's not even like you just uh you get maybe a court-appointed lawyer 
who doesn't visit you in jail while you're waiting for trial. Right. He shows up the day of the trial, might be drunk, might be, you know, <laughs> might be sleep deprived. You know, maybe it's just learning about your case the day of the trial. You know, and your chances are, are basically screwed, which is why, nine, check this out. I know I'm giving you a lot of statistics today, but 96% of people who are convicted of felonies in America plead guilty. There's a very simple reason for that. It's not because they're necessarily guilty. It's because they realize that they, if they go to trial, they're going to they're gonna lose because they don't have anybody representing them. You know, they don't want to take the chance on losing. They'd rather take the sure thing than, of course, than gamble the on, the, on the big penalty. The prosecutor says, I'll give you three to five, right? But if you lose, you're going to get 40 years. Right. And you go three to five, but I didn't do it. Well, okay, take your chances then. And you go to trial, you got your lawyer who's like, what's your name again? I feel like and, I just watched 10 oh years God. of Law and Order in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to, listen, well, I, I take it as my personal responsibility to undo a lot of the things that these shows are telling you. Because if you watch these shows, you believe this doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, and, and don't forget, I'll just leave off after this. But, you know, you get arrested. You go to jail. You don't have money to post bail. Now you're sitting in jail. Your lawyer can't visit you. You don't have time. You can't reach them on the phone like you want to. You can't take them to the crime scene to show them why it couldn't have been you. Mm. You don't have money for an investigator. The state, meanwhile, has endless resources, and they have the balls always in their court. I mean, the, the, the jury the jury's always more inclined to believe them than they are to believe the defendant. And so, you know, what are your odds? Your odds of winning are really bad. You know, at least if you're out, which is why I think money bail is, is a disaster, at least if you're out, you have an opportunity to mount an effective defense or, or, or try to. You know, and give yourself a fighting chance, and then you wouldn't have all these people pleading guilty to crimes they didn't commit, because a lot of people do. You know, we're we're talking uh, with so. Jason Flom, who's got a uh, he's a record executive first and foremost. I think is it, is that still first and foremost, or is this first and foremost at this point? Yes, and by the way, I'm very excited. We got a new record out. This uh, just put out <laughs> in the last couple of weeks with a girl named Cat Cunning, which is K A T C U N N I N G. Right, she's one of the stars of Trinkets on on, on Netflix, and the and the record is. is You are, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, he's been involved. You launched Kid Rock. You launched so many bands. Greta Van Fleet is your baby, too. What gets you off more now? Is it getting that hit record or is it getting an innocent man out of prison? Like, Or can you even compare the two? Well, the only thing I can say about that is that um, when I'm gone, um, I hope that's not uh, anytime very soon, but um, no one's going to remember whether I signed, you know, uh, um, you know, Stone Temple Pilots or, or you know, whoever you want or, or Haley Williams, um, great artists, and they'll have a lasting legacy as artists, but no one's going to remember that I discovered, you know, whoever it is. Right. When, but they will be in effect. Somebody be sitting around the Thanksgiving dinner and talking about the fact that their father, uncle, mother, sister got out of prison because this crazy record executive was able to, you know, move a couple of mountains. And that, to me, is what I would hope my legacy would mm. be because, it's a bigger thing. It's, you know, but I couldn't do that without this. Right. You know, you to, That's true. So, what makes this refreshing to hear is that we're living in a time where so many people are getting popped for using their power in a negative way. And here comes this record guy 
from the rock world, a lot of it, and who had his own share of problems, who for some reason just happened to stumble upon a newspaper article about a kid doing too much time for a coke conviction and decided to use his power for good. Not enough of these stories, Jason. Listen, everyone can do something, though, you know? Right. Um, even if it's just learning, writing a letter, posting something on Instagram about this stuff. Like I said, follow me at it's Jason Plum, and you'll see stuff there that will, will, will knock, your, knock your socks off. And, uh, yeah, and that's about it, and I always love talking to you guys. Right on. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate your time, Jason. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure, because something else is going to make the headlines. Yep. Sounds good. Be good and stay safe out there. Right on, Thanks, Jason. Take care, Jason. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, there he is, Jason Flaw, very interesting guy. I mean, whether you agree with everything he said or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's doing interesting work. Oh, is this Cat Cunning? Cat Cunning, Supernova. He said this was his new hot record. Nice. <laughs> is she hot? <laughs> Let's boil it down. This song <laughs> is belongs what? on TikTok. Like this, I can yeah. see in TikTok in the background of all the different posts. Yeah, she's cute, and that's his artist. Wow. All right. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's good. I like it. <laughs> I don't not like it. I just know we're running late. Yep. We will uh, be doing a top 10 list in just a little bit where you uh, guess what's on the top 10, try to win the bounty prize. Thank you to Jason Flom for being on with us. His podcast, Wrongful Conviction. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.